And so today we're going to talk all of us together about just the things that have caused us to come to faith, whether that's an experience from family, friends, whether you were raised in the church, an undeniable experience with the Holy Spirit, which some people might discount, but we don't. You know, when you have it, it is life-changing and it, and it solidifies your faith. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in the church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are talking about reasons to believe, a look at personal testimonies of those who have come to know Christ and how the Spirit has shaped their journey along the way. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests you hear, or access any of the resources we provide and learn about the larger work we are doing at studywithfriends.org. God, thank you. Um, I'm just continually humbled by the women you bring around this table and how faithful you are to moving hearts who love you so much to participate in these um, recordings and these programs. I just... I'm so excited uh, to start this new series. God, thank you for giving us an opportunity to do it. And God, more than anything, thank you for giving us solid and great reasons to believe that you are real and the Bible is truth and your son uh, died and rose again. We just, we just thank you for the reasons that we have to believe. And um, we ask you to help us to articulate those today and encourage each other and all of our audience to, to really understand that there are very valid reasons to believe in you. Uh, we love you and we honor you with this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So we'll just do a quick introduction so everybody knows who we are, and then we'll dive into the material. My name is Brooke, and I am from a house church that was a house church for seven years, non-denominational, but now we're finally getting out into the community, not that we haven't been, but, you know, we're not in a house anymore. Um, I'm a missionary. I go back and forth to Nigeria and uh, do a lot of stuff with that. And I am from a smaller family, but we're super close. So, yeah, it's a little bit about me. Yeah. Been out of college for a few years, but not too many years. So, yeah. yeah. And what I love about you is that your story comes out as you tell you know, uh, all of our stories are going to come. I think today is going to be one of those days where the story really comes out because we're talking about the reasons that we believe. Right. But so I love your family story and all your <laughs> things. So I'm sure some of those things will come out. Thank you. My name is Ryan. I just finished my freshman year of college. I live at home for now, but I'm going on a missions trip for next year for a gap year. So I'll be. I didn't actually know that. Yeah. So I'll be away for nine months. And I help out with the junior high and senior high ministries at my church. And you're a lifer. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> she is a lifer. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about how yeah. you came to faith, but a lot of times mm -hmm. we'll do that in the introduction, but mm -hmm. it's really the material for okay. the day. Ryan's first time, too. Yes, first so time. So excited, Ryan. <laughs> um, my name's Sophia. I also just finished my first year of college. I was raised in the church. I went to a Christian private school, and I still go to a Christian college now. I love it. Oh, yes. yeah, and I'm your daughter. Yeah, so there's <laughs> <laughs> a sidebar. Uh, I'm Holly. I'm, I'm 
typically the teacher, although we just recently introduced a second teacher, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. Um, I have been married for over 25 years. I have two awesome daughters, mm-hmm. two awesome biological daughters, and many daughters <laughs> by love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we attend a Presbyterian church, uh, which I love. I am very Presbyterian. I love the order that pre- the Presbyterian system um, provides. I love all churches. I don't, I don't judge non-denominational. I love non-denominational, but I also really love Presbyterian, um, the Presbyterian system. So, um, yeah, that's it. I love love the Lord, love talking about the Bible, love talking about my testimony. So that's why I'm super stoked for the for the time we're going to take together. And so I'll just roll into that. So this series, and this is the first recording for the series that we're doing called Reasons to Believe. And it's uh, a little bit of a flip um, because this year, for the most part, what we've been doing, the fancy word is called apologetics, but the real life words for it is just understanding and learning how to defend our faith and how to um, answer questions from seekers and skeptics. The first part of the year, we talked about really that series was called Dealing with Doubt. And we talked about things like, did Jonah really get swallowed by a whale? And all these things that people ask questions and have doubts. And and when I say people, I mean people inside and outside of the church. And that's okay. And we wanted to sort of normalize that doubt was okay. And that you don't have to feel ashamed or like you're, you're the only one sitting in the pews who might have any doubts whatsoever because that's just not true. And that it's okay to talk about your doubts and really... Um, really explore them and really ask God, you know, I've relied for many years on Jeremiah 33, three, which says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you unsearchable things you do not know. I think that God loves when we ask questions and, and believe that there are answers. We just may not know them yet. I think that that really honors God. And so I always say, ask your question. You're not going to topple Christianity with your question, ask it. And so we talked for the first large part of the year about how we cope with seekers and skeptics and even doubts in ourselves. This series flips the script a little bit. So instead of talking about the doubts that we might be housing, now we want to talk about, and by the way, still open to really talking about that, hit us up on the website or on our social media. If you have doubts and you want them to be chewed on with us, we love that. So go ahead and keep that conversation going. We're not ending that part of the conversation, but now we're just coming into a new facet of the conversation where we're talking about the reasons we have to believe. So do you see how they're sort of two sides of the same coin? And so today we're going to talk all of us together about just the things that have caused us to come to faith, whether that's uh, an experience from family, friends, whether you were raised in the church. Actually, as I look around, we should have probably diversified more because all of you guys were raised in the church. But um, I wasn't really raised the way that you were in the church, so I can kind of share that. Um, An undeniable experience with the Holy Spirit, um, which some people might discount, but we don't. You know, when you have it, and I use the word undeniable, intentionally when you have an undeniable experience with the holy spirit it is life-changing and so and it, and it solidifies your faith and so we can talk about those um or whatever else 
uh, lights your fire. So I'll start. This is actually, I was thinking about it this morning. This is actually the first time I've really, there are pieces that of course have always come out of my testimony and I'm, I'm still not going to like lay down my whole testimony, but because I just feel like nobody cares that much, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, (laughs) but, um, I'll share sort of my journey and what are the reasons that I have a really strong faith in my fifth, why I'm in my fifties. I'm just at the beginning of my fifties. I'm only 50. (laughs) I'm only 50. (laughs) Um, and so I was trying to think about how to package it, right? So because it's like, like we all experience even in the introduction, like what, how do I want to articulate? What is my, what do I even say about myself? So I was thinking about how I want to package it. And so here's what I would say. Um, As you can learn about me on the website, um, I had my, you know, prayed for Jesus to come into my life moment when I was 13. That actually happened because I read a book. And so that's an unusual experience. It wasn't another three-dimensional human who was like, believe this. Although it was, it was a lot of drops in the bucket and that was sort of just the tipping point. Um, my brother had gone to a Christian college and he became an on fire believer and he kept kind of encouraging me to explore it. We had been raised in the church, but nominal like Sunday only Christians, right? So we went to church, but we didn't really talk about Jesus at home. And I, I often say my mom, I think was just hoping that Jesus would help me, you know, behave. Um, and so we, we did uh, th- have that sort of church upbringing, but it was very nominal. And so my brother went to a Christian college and he had an experience that was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to this faith that we didn't even know. And he was really excited to bring that back to all of our family. Um, and I got, I think he, I think he gave me the book. Um, it was the, it was Johnny by Johnny Erickson. That's the book that I read. Um, and at the end and this, this woman's testimony was significant. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but at the, I just was so impacted by her testimony in this book. At the end of the book, it had this like, now you guys are going to be very familiar with what I'm describing. It had this little like, literally at the very end of the book, it said, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, like what Johnny is describing, and it kind of said, pray this prayer. Ask Jesus to come into your life. And I did. I was like, I do want to have that kind of, because it was just so impactful to me. So here, I guess I would say, for me, I said, do you have a, a testimony of friends and family? For me, that was the testimony of a stranger mm-hmm. that really um, influenced me to say that prayer for the first time. But at 13, I wasn't really plugged in. And so without being plugged in to like a good church, my youth group was also nominal. It was kind of like, it, I feel like my church the way that the culture was is especially with the kids it was mostly like a behavior modification program you know what i mean like we wanted you to like know that jesus was watching you so you would be good um kind of you know what i mean i hate to say that and i hope that no one who um attended my church at that time is offended but um or the pastors um but that just was my experience um and so i fell away um, and then again in college i had a christian i did not go to a christian college but i had a christian roommate and she was in love with the Lord. And she, I always say she was Dr. Phil before Dr. Phil because I would come home from partying and making bad decisions. And it's okay, she already knows. And, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and she would basically be like, how's this working out for you? Mm-hmm. 
you know? And she was really patient. And then over time, I, I prayed again that, that God would help me to sort of have a different life. I mean, I became very aware, especially in college, that the world and my life were not what they should be. And I became aware of the juxtaposition of my life and the life that Jesus was offering. And I prayed um, again for renewal. And that really, that one took root because I was very plugged in because she was very plugged in. So I did all the campus ministries and so forth. Over time, um, people started to question me about my faith. And I come from a family that has a lot of atheists. And so they had really hard questions that I didn't know the answers to. And I'm going to quote you because earlier this morning, Sophia said, well, I just like to be right. And I do too. <laughs> I don't like to be wrong. And so my family members would ask me these questions and I just didn't have the answers. And that made me upset because I felt like, have I believed in something that is foolish? And so early 20s was when I started the journey of digging in to reason and logic and history and um, even math as it all applies to whether we can, whether it's reasonable for us to believe in God and Jesus and the resurrection. And so all that to say that when I sit here today, of course I believe because of my ex life experiences. Those are true and real and they happen and they started my journey. But for me, over time, I needed a deeper faith than just all those feelings I had at the beginning. And I dug in. And I did a lot of work, a lot of work in, uh, because I'm, I'm, by nature, I'm a skeptic. And so I really was like, you know what? That's a great question. I need to know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I dug into a lot of those reasons. So today I sit here and would present what, what, okay, now I'm going to show the book. This is the first time I've done this on the program. This, this book came out two, 1923 years ago. Um, and I don't really plug it. Um, but I'm using it today, so I'm going to show it, and you can get it on our website. Um, I did write it. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I, I'm using, and I'm, I'm referencing the book not because I don't remember, because I wrote it, but I, I, <laughs> I want people to know that it's in here if you, if you want to go back and be like, okay, wait, that was really a, a cohesive argument. So I'm about to make what I think is a cohesive argument. Um, so for me, when I, when I talk about why I believe, for me it all uh, centers on the resurrection. And the historical attestations to the resurrection. What I mean by that is there are um, lots of historical facts that prove to us that the resurrection happened. Um, I'll, I'm going to go through them. Uh, actually, I'm not going to go through them because I've been talking for a long time, but um, I may come back to it on another episode because I really want you guys to talk to. Uh, but uh, we call this the minimal facts. So basically, um, there are facts that everyone agrees to historians, skeptics, atheists. Um, for example, a, a famous atheist named Bart Ehrman agrees that there are at least 11 historical supporting attestations to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And the reason I say that is because in this day and age, there are people who actually say Jesus didn't live. Mm -hmm. And so when you have 11 historical attestations that Jesus was crucified, 
must have been alive before that, right? So, <laughs> and when I say 11, that's a really significant number because when we think about even like Napoleon, there's only like two or three. We know for sure this is historical data that Napoleon existed. And so two or three is actually the acceptable historical value for this really happened. And there are 11. And that, by the way, is acknowledged by this very famous atheist. His name is Bart Ehrman, E-H-R-M-A-N. And so when we have these things that when I say everybody agrees to, I don't mean everybody in the church. I mean historians and atheists and, and people who wouldn't want to agree to it, but they can't deny it. So we call this the minimal facts. What are, w there are lots of things that we believe as Christians and we know are true, but there are four facts that you can't deny. Uh, and those facts, and I'm not going to go too deep in, is that Jesus died by crucifixion. I just shared a little bit of the, and you can see all of this in the book. Jesus died by crucifixion. The second is that he appeared to the disciples or they believed that he appeared to them. Mm -hmm. So much so that they were willing to die for the fact that they believed that he raised from the dead. You don't die for something you know is a lie. Mm -hmm. And most of them did die for their belief system. Fact number three, he also appeared to what we call foes, which is people who, like Paul and other people who were actually actively against Christianity that used to be called, before it was called Christianity, it was called the way. And back in like the few years after Jesus lived, they called it the way. And people who were actively against it, he appeared to them and, and it became undeniable to them. So Paul is a great example. Uh, and then the fourth fact is the empty tomb. We take the empty tomb for granted, but the empty tomb is historically accepted by believers and non-believers alike. And so what we do is we take these four undisputable facts and then we lay it up against all the explanations for how that could have happened. So some people say Jesus swooned on the cross. He didn't know. Nobody really says that anymore, but it's one of the theories that used to exist he swooned like he passed out okay. he wasn't really dead mm -hmm. so when they put him in the tomb he woke up okay. and he didn't really raise from the dead he just passed out mm -hmm. i don't think anybody still truly holds to that but if you look in the book it doesn't um doesn't check off all the boxes mm -hmm. so i don't i'm gonna maybe show this so like it's a chart so here's the swoon theory well that doesn't check off he died by crucifixion mm -hmm which we know that he did. Um, and so there are other theories like it, the disciples hallucinated or it's a myth or he didn't really live or he didn't really whatever. And so, but the bottom line is that the only thing that explains these four facts that everybody agrees to, the only thing that satisfies all four of them is that he actually died and, and raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. So when you really take that in and say, okay, <coughs> the facts indicate that that's true, what do I do with that? By his resurrection, he certifies everything he said when he was alive. So whatever he said in scripture about himself, about the Old Testament, his resurrection certifies, stamps it all. And so now you have to take a step back and say, okay, that moment in time, his resurrection means that everything that he said before that and everything that happened in the kingdom calendar before that, anticipating him, prophesying about him, and we'll talk about prophecy another episode. It's true. And so for me, that's where I hang my hat, that the resurrection is historically 
real, it's testable, and it stands up. And if that's true, and by the way, I share that sentiment with Paul. Paul says in the Bible, if Jesus is not raised, then we are all fools, Mm -hmm. which is true, but he is. Mm -hmm. And so that then colors everything behind that moment in history, and it colors everything in front of that moment in history. And so for me, I don't know that most people would be like won over to Christ by these facts. I don't know. Some people say, you, no one ever is won over by an argument. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I know that there are some people who are, but I also know that like, it's good for us to understand that, that what we believe is testable and true. And that makes me feel satisfied in my mind and in my reason and my logic that says, okay, I'm not a fool for believing this. I'm not deluded. There are solid reasons to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that this whole Christianity thing is true. Mm-hmm. That's my reason. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's one of my reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should read this book. You know, <laughs> we have a few copies. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm sure I can That's find just you one chapter actually. So yeah, there's actually a lot of um, really great, this, this is partners with, um, it's published by Zondervan and it partners with uh, a series on their um, channel called Master Lectures. And so there are lots of really smart, smarter than me people who um, do video um, instruction. And then this book kind of comes alongside those videos. So yeah, I mean, if you're interested in diving in, it's a, I think it's a, one of many good resources that are available. This program is produced by Study With Friends. Learn more about us at studywithfriends.org and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends. Study With Friends.